Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Tonight we have a very fantastic guest, Shanna Kappel will be joining us on the chat and she'll be talking about one of the 13 fallen soldiers, which is her son from that failure pullout in Afghanistan and the failure in leadership. Before we start the show, I'd like to recognize uh, several of our sponsors. My Pillow and Mike Lindell, a guy that's been fighting the fight and has great products. If you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CPNN, you will get up to 66% off your purchase. And last but not least, during the last hoax and pandemic, we've seen uh, a lot of great, great patriot medical doctors come forward. And they saved a lot of lives, even though that they were trying to make it hard for them not to, that didn't stop them. And, and Dr. Zelenko was one of them, the late great Dr. Zelenko. And Dr. Zelenko, as he's passed on, he has left us some gems. And if you go to zstacklife.com, you will see them gems. And he also left gems for our kids as well, and immune, immune system boosters and, and many other great products. So if you go to zstacklife.com and use promo code CPN, you will get 5% off your purchase. And last but not least, Shana, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, your mic's muted. What about now? Your, your, your mic's open. You're good. Okay. I said thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's definitely an honor. It's a pleasure. Uh, on here, we've been doing a lot of the Congress hearings. Uh, it's very important to listen to these whistleblowers. And one day we were streaming the Gold Star family members and there's a, we have a admin on here. She's a retired vet. And we came with the uh, conclusion that it's time for us to bring on the Gold Star family members to bring awareness to this because it seemed like that came into our our view and then all of a sudden poof it disappeared and it's like wait a minute you know these guys made the ultimate sacrifice so like i said it's definitely an honor to have you on here with us and that's coming from like my whole heart not the bottom of my heart the whole heart oh thank you so if you can can you uh give the audience a little background of yourself and then your son and, and go into your son's story a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, I was always a stay-at-home mom. I have five kids. Um, I never trusted people with my kids, so I stayed home and I raised them all. Um, just me. Nobody ever helped. I never had babysitters. My kids were with me 24-7. And when Cream hit about three or four years old, we had went to the mall and he actually seen some Marines there in their dress blues. And here I was thinking it was just a little phase because he kept saying that's what he wants to be, but um, it wasn't a phase. That's what he grew up to be. He wanted to be a Marine and he became one. Wow, that is amazing. And you know, as a kid, you know, there's there's many little kids out there that they have that vision of being a firefighter or a police officer and distractions happen in life and they don't pursue once that vision that they had as a kid and, and it looked like he had that vision and he stuck to it. That that is really awesome. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, when uh, my kids were little, um, my two youngest ones, which is Stephen and Cream, Cream was baby number four, Stephen baby number five. Um, they did everything together. So uh, starting at very young ages, they were in baseball, soccer, football together, track together, um, wrestling. Then it went on from wrestling to um, that dog uh, to jiu-jitsu, MMA, and boxing. And that's the sport they stuck with. And, but also during that time, I'm going to have to get that dog because he's driving me crazy. But during that time, Cream was also training because um, he knew he was going to be joining the Marines as soon as he turned 18. So he was actually training himself for the Marines already. He was working out. He was making himself go on long hikes where he was wearing a backpack with weights in it. And he would hike the hills because we lived up in the hills. So he'd be hiking these hills. Um, actually, where he's buried at, um, where I used to live, me and my ex did separate. So I live somewhere else now, but my ex still lives in the house. But um, Cream's actually buried on the other side of the hill. So if you were sitting on our front porch, you could look at the hill and Cream's buried directly on the other side of it. And we call that Cream's Hill because that's the hill he would always hide. So he very much had himself prepared to join the Marines and thought boot camp was a breeze. <laughs> he thought it was so easy. You know, that's amazing. Um, and it sounds like he had a very strong passion to make it into the Marines to serve and protect from foreign and domestic threats. And, yeah, he and with, loved helping with... people. He absolutely loved helping people. Like on weekends, um, he would come home every weekend. Every Friday, I'd pick him up from Camp Pendleton and bring him home for the weekend. And while he'd be home, um, he'd go around and help people, which we didn't know he was doing right before his deployment. I guess he, one of our neighbors, he was an elderly neighbor. He was laying down rock out in his um, front yard and cream had came home from for the weekend. And um, later on that evening, I remember cream coming home a little dirty and hopping in the shower, but I just thought, Oh, he'd been hiking. But after he passed away, that neighbor came down and said that cream had seen him shoveling rocks and cream grabbed the shovel and he did the whole guy's front yard for him. And never even told us because he didn't do it because he wanted people to say things like, oh, you're so good. He just did it to help people. He loved helping people. Wow. See, that's an amazing, bright young man. And, and just hearing from when he was a little kid, he had his mind made up already that I want to be in the Marines. And as he, his body started maturing and developing, he started to put his body in that progress to be a successful marine oh yeah and with with the, he, oops go oh i'm sorry no you're good go ahead he always gave more than 100 percent at everything he did for example in jiu-jitsu he was a four-time national champion and a four-time world champion in jiu-jitsu so everything that he decided to do it didn't matter how good somebody told him he was in his mind, he could be better. It was the same thing when he joined the Marines, instead of coming home on weekends and relaxing, he pushed himself. Like, like I said, with hiking, um, shooting, um, stuff like that, just training himself more and more because he thought he can always be better. So hearing from a young man that put so much energy and passion into something, instead of giving a hundred, he gave 117%. Did you see 
any respect coming from the, the this administration or our government for his sacrifices? Absolutely none. I wish I, honestly, I wish I could say that I did, but there was absolutely none. I remember um, my meeting like it was yesterday with Biden face to face. I remember it like it was yesterday because it was something that was so, uh, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say traumatizing, but it was just that bad because when I met with Biden, I was in shock. I had just, I met with him on the 29th. I left for Dover on the 28th. Um, Cream was killed on the 26th. I was still in shock. I still had hardly any voice because um, when I was told that Cream was killed, um, I couldn't stop screaming. It was weird. Like, no matter how hard I tried to stop screaming, I couldn't. And I screamed for so long because the pain in my heart literally was so bad that it was coming out in a scream and I couldn't make it stop. I just remember my youngest son grabbing me and holding me and trying to calm me down, but nothing could calm me down. So I ended up losing my voice. And some at some point I ended up falling asleep that night. When I woke up the next morning, I thought I had just had a horrible nightmare. So I got up and I started washing the dishes. And then I went out my front door to get something off the porch. And I noticed that my daughter's boyfriend's truck was there and I thought that's weird because my my daughter my youngest daughter had moved out her and her boyfriend fiance um were living together so I thought that's weird that the truck was there so I walked upstairs to her old bedroom and when I opened the door as soon as I did they sat up and I noticed my daughter's eyes were swollen and I went to say that wasn't a dream and is Kareem dead but it came out in a really raspy whisper because I had no voice and um, there's somebody at my door. And that's when I realized that it wasn't a dream. And I ended up um, running downstairs, hopping in the shower with my clothes on and laying on the bottom of the shower and crying until my daughter's boyfriend came to get me out of there. And then, um, then the Keikos show back up to talk to me and to let me know we're going to Dover. So we get to Dover and we're in this room. We had to wait for Biden for like two hours. He had his weight on him. I, I, I heard he was taking a nap, um, but I don't really know if that's true or not. And so um, we sat there waiting for him. And then he went around to talk to um, each and every one of us. Uh, when he had gotten to me, I had let him know that I didn't care to talk to him, but out of respect for my son, I was going to. And then it just was all downhill from there. There was no respect shown at all. He didn't thank me for my son's service. He did not tell me he was sorry for my loss nothing um he actually interrupted me twice to talk about his son he did not care to hear about my son and at one point rolled his eyes in his head at me because i became i had become um upset with him so he rolled his eyes in his head at me and then he went to walk away and i let him get a little ways away from me and then i ended up saying to him um hey biden and he turned around and i told him my son's blood is on your hands and then i told him all 13 their blood is on your hands and then he turned his back toward me and waved his hand behind his back and walked away. And then from there, we went over to the airbase to watch our children come off the aircraft. They came off as numbers, Kareem being number eight. And um, he kept checking his watch the whole time. So it was, I felt very disrespected. I, I seen no respect from this administration at all. And to this day, 
he has still never said their names. You know, that's really crazy. I remember when that was going on and, and it was like, it was all over here on Telegram and it was just showing this guy watching his watch and it's like, wow, you know, if you're a fake leader, you can put on a, a fake show. This guy doesn't even fake it. It's like he didn't even care. And just listen to what you told us, it's like he didn't care as you were talking. And there's one video I remember I was watching uh, you giving an interview and it's like you said he was talking more about his son that died of brain cancer rather than yeah. listening to your what you had to vent and grieve from. Yeah, he interrupted me twice to talk about his son. I had started with telling him that I was never going to get to hug my son again or... Anyways, I was just trying to talk about my son and he just kept interrupting me. He interrupted twice. Wow, you know, and, and that's one of the main reasons why I, I wanna try to get all the Gold Star families on here so the American people can sit on these interviews and as one voice, I mean, if we all just send in letters and, and just demand answers and just We won't get them because I have sent letters. I've actually had um, my congressman, after my oldest son killed himself, um, my oldest son ended up taking his life um, about two and a half weeks before the one year mark for Cream's death. Um, he took his life because he wanted to be with his little brother. He was having a very hard time with his death. And so after he took his life, I obviously lost my mind a little bit. And I, I asked my congressman to please send Biden a letter and let him know he owes me and he owes my sons, both of my sons, another face-to-face -face meeting with me because I have questions and he's going to answer them. And the meeting was denied. The, the letter was sent and they just acted like it never sent. And which made me more upset because on the one year mark, they asked Biden if he's had contact with the 13 Gold Star families. And his reply was not today, but I have in the past. No, the only time in the past he had any contact with, with us was in Dover. Other than that, he's had nothing to do with us, which I, I know this is wrong to bring up, but this is something that really bothered me. Um, I know George Floyd was a human being. He's a person. He didn't deserve what happened to him to happen. He absolutely did not deserve that. But Chavez and and um, George Floyd had a past. They like knew each other. They were already feuding. And Chavez used his police powers to, I guess, bully bully George, um, and which led to his death. So these two already had a feud going on before Chavez ever even killed him. Um, and I think that Chavez got what he deserved, which is going to jail. But of course, when that whole incident happened, Biden talked about George Floyd over and over and over and over, said his name over and over, made him out to be a hero, not saying anything bad about George Floyd, but he was a very violent drug addict, career criminal, like he repeated his offenses. He held a gun to a pregnant woman's belly and threatened to kill her unborn baby as they robbed her. And you've got the 
the guy who thinks he's the president of the United States talking about this guy like he was an outstanding citizen. He's a hero. He's this, he's that. Speech after speech for over two years, he talked about this man. For over two years, everybody knew who George Floyd was because Biden wouldn't shut up about him. And Biden was able to use George Floyd as part of his propaganda for his agenda. Now you come to our fallen 13, Biden has never said their names. Um, a speech that he did give about them, and I do have this recorded, he didn't say their names. He referred to them as the women and men blown up. His exact words, the women and men blown up, which I found so distasteful and disrespectful um, that once again, I had went off and was like, I, he is going to meet me. Like I have something to say to Like I was mad, but he never talked about our fall 13 ever never said their names. He wanted them completely forgotten about. And to me, like if you read everything about what happened to Kabul, if you talk to the Marines that were there, um, stuff like that, it's almost as if they were set up for murder. And so long story short, when you're guilty of something, you want to avoid talking about it because you want it forgotten about. As long as you don't talk about it, people are going to forget. And Biden knew what happened over there was his fault. He knew it. So he never ever talked about our fallen 13, not ever. My truck, the bed of my truck is wrapped with our fallen 13. And it says what happened, everything. My, my truck is pretty cool looking. And I have people come up to me and say, oh, who are they? And then I tell them, oh, you know, they're the ones that were killed in the Afghanistan withdrawal. And they always say, oh, I think I heard something about that. And I go, hmm, hey, do you know who George Floyd is? And they'll go, oh yeah, he was that guy that cop killed. So Biden knew what he was doing when he decided that their names would never be said and that they would not be talked about. He knew if their names weren't said, they weren't talked about, people would quit probing about what happened in Kabul. People would stop talking about it. Our fallen 13, we're not going to be remembered. And he got what he wanted. That's exactly how it is. And to this day, that man refuses to say their names. You know, that's sad. Have the administration or anyone try to reach out to you and anything? No, I mean, like, I've been asked to go to the hearings and stuff. I pretty much have been staying away from all of that. Um, it, it brings too much stress to me. I'm, like, going through a lot. I've lost two kids. Um, last month, you know, I, I lost two sons. Uh, Kareem's two-year mark and Dakota's one-year mark. This month, Tomorrow, actually, will be one year when I buried my son, Dakota, because I buried him on the 10th of September. Kareem, I buried on September 21st. So this month, I, I've got their one and their two-year mark coming up. So it's pretty it's pretty hard. Um, so I've been wanting to stay away from that stuff. I don't want to get hearings, get stressed out. I mean, in all honesty, we can go to all the hearings we want. We can tell our stories all we want. What difference is it going to make? Like... What difference? I mean, yeah, people, more people will hear our stories, but they don't care. It wasn't their kids that were killed. If they never served in the military, most of them don't care. They're like, oh, that sucks. They lost a child. Move on with your life. They're not looking at it as, at it as hey, you know, this is pretty serious because this is the future of our country. And if our military can be disrespected in this way, you know, they, it's a, there's a bigger picture. Like, I'm more concerned about our country right now and the way it's headed and us sitting back doing nothing and allowing it. 
Like, our, our, right, what's happening in our country that right now is scary to me. Very scary. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I have a little cousin that's uh, that's serving in the military right now, and uh, I remember I, I seen him last last year. We were on vacation, and I'm like, "Hey," I said, "Is there really furries in the military?" And he said, "Yeah," and I'm like, "What? Wait a minute, what?" How, yeah, how, they're allowing we, mental how do we allow illness. that? Mental illness seems to be the new normal, and normal people seem to be the ones that are considered wacky. Right. I, I, remember I, I, I was... constantly am telling my daughter, because um, my oldest daughter has three kids, my three grandkids, and two of them are in school. And I'm constantly telling her, you need to homeschool them. You need to homeschool them because they can do whatever they want to your kids now. And as a parent, you don't even have the right to protect your kids anymore. So it's safer to homeschool your children. Right. I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, he's, you, you have these, I don't know if there are military generals or whatever that man lady is. Um, you got them, you got furries. I mean, what are you is talking your about take? that Rachel Levine, that dude, Rachel Levine? Yeah, like for the Biden. He he's with the Biden administration, but he likes to dress up as well. He's not like taking hormones or pills or trying to transition or anything. He just enjoys dressing like a woman, a very ugly woman at that. But um, he just enjoys dressing as a woman and pretending he's one. You know, what's your take on that? I mean, do you think they're trying to weaken our, our, our men and women in uniform? Definitely. And I know you hang out a lot of Marines and we don't have to say no names. I mean, I'm sure that a lot of them aren't happy with this because, I mean, you can't go out there and, and be the rough and tough. It's like feelings get hurt. I mean, I was talking with several other relatives to where they can't even they have to tread lightly on how they're training them. Like they can't they rough have to and watch tough how them up they anymore. Talk to them. Like if if they're so much as like, oh you little bitch, they can get in trouble for it. You can hurt somebody's feelings now. So wow. I mean it wasn't like that when Kareem was training. Kareem got to get hazed and all that good stuff. Um but nowadays, nah. You can get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, they're they're definitely um you stop and think about it. If you create a woke military, then you've got a military that will um, turn on its citizens. If you have a strong military, um, Marines and other military in there that can think for themselves and know how to logically think and um, see what's going on, you can't control them as easily. You can't make them go against their own. You can't, but a woke military, you can. Plus not only that, I mean like, You've got all these mentally ill in there thinking they don't even know what gender they are. Um, do you really think they can defend our country? Hell no. They're going to be too busy trying to hide behind somebody else. They're actually a danger to the military. They, they're the type that can get, if you went to war, they're the type that can get the man next to them killed. It's, it's crazy. Right. It almost makes sense. You know, you had all these um, evil, I would say, secret foreign agent politicians that were trying to pass this red gun law which takes the guns out of the hands of our vet retired police officers retired vets stop and, and think like, about that you're right those vets, about that. 
those vets are the old school guys that went through yeah. those drills that are the rough and tough and they're not going to back down and they're going to protect citizens. So what is your take on that one? That was what I was going to say next. So if you stop and think about it, um, wanting to take the gun rights away from people, period, is because we have more vets, veterans in our country than we have active military. If push came to shove, not only do you have those veterans that are going to rise up, but you have regular citizens like me and others that would do the same. So yeah, get them, get them disarmed. So that way, you know, it's easier to take over. That's like with creating the mentally ill people, normalizing mental illness, like letting people think they're furries or a different gender from what they are. It's easier to control mentally ill people than it is to control mentally stable people. People, that are mentally unstable, you can manip uh, manipulate, brainwash, get them to go the direction that you want. People that are mentally stable, you cannot. They're thinking for themselves. They know right from wrong. They're not following a crowd. They're leading themselves. And those are the ones that are hard to control. You can't just make them see what you want them to see or believe what you want them to believe and get them to do everything you want them to do. Um, I mean, I know I've come off like in some of my other talks, I, I refer to them as the weak-minded, and um, apparently that actually offends people when you call them weak-minded. So I'm trying to word it in different ways now. Yeah, that said, and you know, <clears throat> we have a First Amendment in this country, and uh, they're trying to strip that as well by, oh, you can't say that. That's going to hurt someone's feelings. Well, I mean, first of all, this is our, our sacred right. And second of all, it's the facts. It's the truth. Now yeah. you want me to say what you want me to say to where once we start submitting to that, then we're allowing these people to have victory. So on this show, you that's, can say whatever you want. <laughs> that's like on social media. First, uh, my original Instagram, it had over 11,000 followers and was growing. Um, Instagram took that away permanently. So I made a new one, but they delete my followers daily. Like I get so many new followers daily and they, my followers are constantly deleted. I'll have people message me and be like, well, why did you delete me from following you? And I'm like, I didn't do it. It's Instagram. Um, they also block a lot of my posts or they'll delete some of my posts. Um, but I also get a lot of very rude messages from, um, Democrats, liberals, um, that just for some reason just feel the need to talk so much crap to me. I have one guy right now. His name is Ryan Sheed. He's a TikToker. Um, and he likes to post me on his IG talking crap about me. Or actually, I don't follow him. He don't follow me. But he'll come to my post just so he can talk crap to me on my post. Like he just did it yesterday. Um, and he also was bashing... He has a video up where he's bashing uh, Mark Schmitz, which is Jared Schmitz's dad. He's a gold star dad. And um, where he's bashing him. And I was trying to explain to him, like, his content is not worthy content. All his content is is basically repeating false news media from the left or bashing gold star parents. That's what his content is. And I was trying to tell him, I said, I even have some of your followers messaging me, telling me they're sorry for the things you're saying about me. So I told him, do better. 
like, don't be like that, do better. But he's constantly got something to say. You know, that's, that's really sad. You know, it's really sad when you go and you attack these gold star parents, let alone you start attacking those that lost their life by putting their sacrifice to protect this great nation. Yeah. That's just pure evil. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if the person is a Democrat, socialist, what a communist. I mean, everybody has a loving heart. And and to do that is very ugly. And um how do you deal with how do you deal with all that? I would like to say, I, I mean, I would like to say that I'm nice back, but um, I'm not. Uh, it's hard to be. I try to be uh, to a certain extent, but then sometimes I'll get rubbed the wrong way. They'll say the wrong thing about my kids um, that are passed away, and um, I, I end up saying mean things back. Like, I, I probably should stop that but it's kind of hard like uh when you get so many messages of people saying things like that eventually you blow up like well I, when you're I, getting I got in trouble for it i reported this guy another guy he would not stop saying he told me my son deserved to die he said all 13 deserve to die um they were nothing but killers anyways he said a whole bunch of stuff and i tried to remain calm didn't even reply to him but then um he had said once again, yeah, your your son deserved to die because he was nothing more than a killer. So I, I responded back. I said, um, I ended up calling weak and something else. And I told him to go suck his mom's dick is what I told him. And he reported me and they threatened to delete my account. And I tried to re um, dispute it by saying, look what he's saying about my son. Like I, I finally had ended up losing it on him. And that's when I said that, but they didn't do nothing to him. They they threatened to delete my account over me telling him to suck his mom's dick. Wow. Guys, I just posted Shauna's uh, Instagram on the wall. You guys can go ahead and click on there and, and follow her. And you can see the private messages that this individual is sending her. And a lot of it is very, very ugly stuff. Um, I mean, sometimes when you're dealing with someone that is blind you can kind of get a feel like okay this person's just misled you know let me let me get this person back on the on the tracks but when you're dealing with someone with a demonic spirit you you know and there's a patriot in this movement that said you know you can't even christians in this battle we can't be submissive we can't turn the other cheek. We have to fight evil face to face. And by you doing that, there's going to be a lot of people. Oh, she shouldn't talk like that or do that. No, listen. You, we're, we're, this is good versus evil right now. Look at what's going on in our government. Look at what's going on in our schools. Look at how these, like in California, they're trying to pass to where it's okay for you to have sex with someone ten years younger than you. Uh, for the maps, minor attracted people. I mean, they're trying to make that normal. So, I mean, we're not dealing with, we're dealing with evil face to face and, and you can't come soft with evil or evil is going to eat you up. So I just want to let you know, thank you for having that feisty fight inside of you. 
Yeah, if I was to go, if I was at a store and I had my granddaughter with me, she's nine years old, and a man pretending that he was a woman tried to go in the same bathroom as her, I, I would be rocking an orange jumpsuit because that ain't happening. Just not going to happen. Right. I mean, we can't play right now. I mean, Sound of Freedom, I think, was just the... It was the conversation starter and the awareness to bring on to the people, but it's much deeper than that. And a lot of, um, I hate to even give them titles, but a lot of, I'll say Americans and even people in other countries, they're just not aware of the death that's what's going on with the children to the point to where- No, they're not. That's what's scary. But you know what is even scarier is a lot of them are aware, but- they're into little kids, so they're they're really wanting this to happen. Like right. pedophilia is slowly being normalized. Like you can't even call a pedophile a pedophile online anymore. Uh, it's considered offensive. They want you to refer the, to them as Matt, minor attracted person. Not going to happen. I'm going to refer to you as what you are, and that's a pedophile, sick pervert who's into little kids. When it comes to that kind of stuff, to me, I I hate. I don't hate saying this. I'm sorry I'm not saying this, but to me, the only good pedophile is a dead pedophile. That's just how it should be. Um, but sadly, it's being encouraged in our country, and it's, they're slowly legalizing it. Now, the pedophiles are all for it. People like me aren't, but they're slowly legalizing it by saying if you're a 21-year-old and you have screwed an 11-year-old, as long as she gave you consent, that's okay. But that 11-year-old... Right, that's not... But that 11-year-old cannot walk into a tattoo shop and get a tattoo because she's not old enough to make that decision. Yeah, she can't even go buy a beer, right? No. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I, that's the kind of stuff I look at, too, if, about transitioning kids. You won't let a 4-year-old walk into a tattoo parlor and get a, a tattoo because tattoos are for the rest of your life. Um, once you get it, you can't go back, you know, and if you do want to get them erased, you're going to have a scar from it. But a four-year-old can say, mm, I think I'm a girl now, and you can start transitioning them. No, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. Four-year-olds can't make decisions like that. I remember when I was a kid from going hunting with my grandpa and my cousins, which were all boys, um, I wanted to be a boy. I constantly saw my mom I wanted to be a boy. I was dressing like a boy. I wanted to be a boy. My mom made me play with my Barbies. She would tell me I was a girl. And I'm so glad she did because when I hit about, I would say, 11 or 12, I didn't want to be a boy anymore. I wanted to be the girl that I was. Um, so it's just a way to mentally screw up kids because you got to start with them when they're younger, get them all mental. So they're mentally unstable adults that are easy to control. Right. And then they're not trying to pass certain laws to uh, turn parents criminal and, and snatch the kids from the parents if they uh, catch wind on what's going on and says, hell no, you know, like this is, that's why I say, going back to what you said, stick with your guns. Don't care what anyone says with their opinions, because when you're dealing with evil, you can't come soft at it. It's like what our commander-in-chief, President Trump, has said. The Republican needs to grab and grow some balls. Yeah. They need to get tough. They need to fight back, because the you know. left... They don't back down. They pull their claws out and they fight. So what you're I doing, there's nothing, wrong, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. 
they'll burn down buildings, they'll riot, they'll loot, they'll do all that to get their way. But we, we sit back and just go, okay, let's wait and see what happens next. Because this, what they're saying is going to happen can't happen here. And then it happens. And we're like, well, let's wait and see if it gets worse. What are we waiting for? I mean, the Jews did that. Not, not trying to bring up Hitler, but the Jews did that. They sat back and they were very, they complied to everything, including giving up their, their weapons, um, their food, the books, all, everything in school changed. You, it, it didn't just happen overnight. It happened over a few years and they kept sitting back saying, well, that can't actually happen here. And then it would happen. And then they'd say, well, let's sit back. We'll wait and see what's going to happen next. Well, how did that play out for them? Millions were killed because they sat back and they waited and they kept complying. Um, we keep saying we're not complying because we don't wear masks or we don't get the jab, but we are complying because we're not doing anything. We're sitting back and allowing everything that's happening to our country to continue to happen. None of us are doing anything about it, but talking and that's it. Democrats, they want something done. Like I said, they'll destroy shit to get their way. Uh, but we sit back and we say, let's do it the right way. We won't destroy anything or destroy people's property. It seems like nowadays that's the only way to get your way. Destroy things that aren't yours. Take things that aren't yours. Uh, show that you'll burn down a whole city to till you get your way. I mean, we have uh, the presidential election around the corner. And once again, we have COVID. Um, the virus that only appears every four years around, you know, the presidential election. Um, and it, it, it only kills you if you go to the hospital to get treated. It doesn't kill you at home or at your job or out on the street. It only kills you if you actually go to the hospital to get treated. But um, yeah, that's coming back. And I mean, like to me, I see people falling for it again. And I'm thinking, how did, are you falling for this again? You've already seen how that went the first round, but it's people like that, that deep down, they know what's going on, but they don't want to admit it because their hate for Trump is so strong that they'd rather they'd rather act like the dude who's pretending to be president right now and failing, failing our country, failing we the people and failing at everything he does is doing a great job. You can't, you can go up to any Democrat and ask them to name one good thing Biden has done for we the people, our country, and they cannot name one thing. Instead, they go off, they get pissed off. They cannot name anything, not one thing good that he's done for we the people, our country. You can name all the bad shit he's done, like our gas price. Oh, just everything. This guy has everything fucked up. But um, they can't name one good thing. And then when you're like, then why would you vote for him? It's always the same thing. Well, I hate Trump. Oh, okay. Well, then you hate our country. Because if this is the man you want to vote for, then you want to watch our country fall. And once this country is flipped onto our back, we're never going to get her back up on our feet. And then the future, which is the children, the children are the future of this country. That's why they're the ones being destroyed right now. They're the future of this country. So what they're doing to the kids is creating a bunch of weak-minded, spineless kids that are going to grow up to be that way. And this country is never going to be the same. Like when I was a kid, dude, it was badass when I was a kid. Like we stayed out until dark, got our asses right. beat. Like literally my mom would be like, go pick that switch. Cause you said that you go pick this. If I even said shit, she's like, go pick a switch. I'd Wait like, a minute. Let me let, let me ask you: When you grab that switch, does she have you peel that switch to yes. the to the white? Yeah. 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 Or the horse range, whatever was in around to spank me with. We got our butts whipped, but um, 
we weren't pussy kids. There was no talking shit on the internet because we didn't have internet. Instead, you talked shit to each other's face and then you fought about it. Like you fist fought, like, and then respected each other afterwards. So nowadays, if you even have a child look at another child wrong, they've got to call the police. You, your kid hurt my kid's feelings because gave him a dirty look. Like it's disgusting, disgusting. And you have mentally ill parents that are pushing their kids. Like I always tell parents, why can't you teach your kids to love your kids for who they are? Um, teach them about themselves because what's happening is these kids, they go to school, they get bullied. And then they, now that this trans, um, being trans is a thing now, they talk about it at home. And the parent who wants attention is like, yes, you know what? I know you're my son, but you can be my daughter. And they basically in a roundabout way, convince their own child that they're not worthy of being loved for who they are, but if they change and become somebody completely different, including their gender, then they're worthy of being loved and accepted and life will be better for them. And they can't be messed with anymore because now they're trans. And, and it's basically the parents that are pushing this. You have a lot of mentally unstable parents that are looking for attention and they do it through their kids. You know, it almost seems like they're just MK altered, really. And then they are not they're being programmed and they're not seeing past the the new world order, the population control. Because I mean, if you get every woman thinking she's a man and every man thinking he's a woman, I mean, there's no creation going on. It takes a man and a woman to create, you know? Well, and I don't know about that because there's actually so many couples and it's just weird to me to where the woman thinks she's the man, the man thinks she's the woman, and then they're having children together. So, and just confusing their kids that they're having. So, I mean, it's, it's weird. Or you have, <laughs> right. you have women who get changed, like think they're a boy and they're still dating women. And then that woman that's dating them, that's supposed to be a lesbian because now it's two girls, just one of them pretending to be a boy. Um, I'm trying to explain this the right way. So, but you're actually, the the lesbian woman is actually with this other lesbian woman, but she was just attracted to that lesbian woman because that lesbian woman looked like a man. Does that right, make sense? like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then vice versa with men pretending to be women. And I'm just like, that doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like I, I've thought really of that before. There's got to be something. Now, there's there's rabbit holes out there. There's no concrete evidence, but I, I would just say through certain medical things, um, it, it's been on a, a deep discussion that something's probably been created to like screw something up inside of the brain to to get these people to think that way. If that makes any sense, because that's just not normal. I mean, you're you're dating a person that looks like a man, but that person is a woman. It, it I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think it's what's being taught in schools too. So, I mean. Well, yeah, you, you got that now. I mean, I just don't remember when my nephew was going to school. Um, I was just graduating high school they didn't have books on transgender or they didn't have that push. No, because that shit where, wasn't, 
it's hard to say that it's coming from that. You know what I mean? Like, it's really weird. Like I said, when I was a kid, you got your your ass beat for shit like that. Your 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 parents made you be normal. They didn't allow any of that mental bullshit. You were gonna be normal. I mean, we have so much mental illness now because it's oh yeah right. And where is it coming from? That's the question. There's so much. Like, where is it coming from? It's coming from parents, coming from schools, it's coming from doctors. Doctors don't even protect kids anymore. Neither do therapists. And instead of therapists trying to help people not be mentally ill, they're actually pushing for it now. So, I mean. Right. This is going to be a world that only the strong survive. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you got all these guys, like, I remember uh, growing up, I, I'm an 80s baby, and um, I remember growing up in the 90s, and if you were wearing anything that looked like skinny jeans, you are probably going to get your feelings hurt. Um, there you might get in my town, you would get And there's people now, I mean, you got, you can drive in the inner city and you got gangster guys wearing skinny jeans because yeah. Lil Wayne and these rappers were wearing it. It's like, what the hell is going on in the brain? Like, something must be in the water. I grew up in the 70s. So I, I got to be through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It started getting a little off in the 90s. Um, that's when it, kids started getting a little weaker, is in the, the late 90s. And and it's just gone downhill from there. Not yeah, my kids, I agree. My kids the way I was raised. I mean, I never had to spank my kids, but my kids, they, they were, they, my kids were badass. Just, and they're still badass. Hell yeah, your son was badass. Um, you yeah. know, I've seen that that he really cared for the kids out there in Afghanistan. And um, yeah, he sent me um, a video about, I received the video about five hours before he was um, killed where he's got a little girl sitting there with him and he's telling her, we're friends, right? We're friends. He's trying to make her feel comfortable. Kareem was very close to his niece and nephew. So, um, when it came to kids, Kareem was very protective of little kids. So I knew while he was over there that he was concerned for a lot of the kids. I remember him telling me there was one little girl um, that didn't have a family and something about, hey, if we got her to the United States, would you guys want to adopt her? And I was like, okay, yeah, get her here. We'll adopt her. Um, so he was very caring. So I got that video about five hours before um, he was killed. I remember that morning when I woke up, I, I didn't know of anything. I hadn't heard of anything. I just woke up and I had been crying. I felt very uneasy and I had been feeling uneasy for probably almost a month. Like, I, I don't know what it was. Um, and that morning I woke up and I had been crying and I didn't want to like harass cream with text messages because I was always sending him so many text messages. And then he finally texted me back like, mom, I'm working, you know, because I would always be like, I'm so worried about you. Um, or he'd call me and be like, look, I'll text you when I get a chance. You can't keep sending out. And I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry. And so on that morning, I didn't want to harass him with text messages. So I was trying to go about my morning, went and put my the Marine flag on my truck because I was going to drive around because I knew he's going to be home in a week. So I wanted to go drive around and get a little tattered so he'd think I had it on for a while. 
And then I came in the house and I still felt uneasy. And so I decided I'd go on Instagram and take my mind off of everything. And the first post I seen was there had been an explosion at Abbey Gate. And I recognized the picture the, uh, that was in the background of this photo because it, that was the background in the video that Kareem had sent me. And so I rushed over to my daughter's house. She lives five minutes away. And I told her to turn on the news. And we were watching it. I was crying the whole time. And at first it just said U.S. service members. I think it was like three or four that were injured. So I was like, okay, you know, and I looked at my daughter and I said, you know, I can feel like your brother's one of those that's injured, but at least he's not dead. And then um, all of a sudden it, it started uh, saying how many were dead. And then I told her, turn it off. I don't want to watch anymore. And I just spent the day crying and worrying. And then finally, like around, I don't know, 2 p.m., um, I convinced myself that Kareem was safe um, because I had prayed to God so much and had always prayed while Kareem was over there. And I would ask God to wrap his protection around my son, keep him safe and bring him home to me. And I'd even say, don't take him home to you, God. You bring my son back home to me. Um, so I convinced myself he was fine. And then my youngest son was like, hey, can you drop me off at the high school for a football game? And this was around five. And I said, yeah, sure. And I took him and dropped him off at the football game. And I went over to hang out at a friend's house and I got home around nine and I walked through the front door and my son's friends had brought him home and my youngest son was up at the top of the stairs and I walked up there and I was like, why are all the lights off in the house? Like, and where's your dad? And he said, I don't know. He's acting weird. And he'd only left a small kitchen light on that lit up the living room just a little bit. And so as I came down the stairs, his dad had came walking up from back and he walked into the living room and he sat on the couch. So I walked over and I sat on the couch and I said, are you okay? Like, do you not feel well? Do you need me to take you to the hospital or something? And then he said, Shanna. And as soon as he said, Shanna, that's when I started screaming. That's also how my son, my youngest son found out that his brother was dead is because um, when my youngest son came running down to hold me, I, I kept begging him to tell me it wasn't true that Kareem wasn't dead. And then when I seen the tear roll down his cheek, that's when I realized that, um, Kareem was actually dead, but at the same time, I didn't like, it stayed like a dream for, it still feels like a dream, but that first year it was just, everything was a haze. Like, um, I do have short-term memory loss, which it, it's really sad. Um, and it, it was from losing Kareem. And then as it started to seem like I was getting my memory back, then I lost Dakota. And it's just like, I, I've gone to the doctors thinking I had dementia or something, but it's not a short-term memory loss um, from being so traumatized. I also have nightmares, really horrible nightmares. So I don't sleep well at night anymore. Like I, I'll go to sleep, but I'm just woke up all night long with nightmares. And then I also sleepwalk every now and then. Um, it's just, I also have bouts of rage that just will come out of nowhere. I don't believe in taking pills or medicine because I think that masks problems. It doesn't fix them. So I just try to figure it out on my own. I also have anxiety now. My doctor said it's PTSD, but I think it's just from losing my boys, my, I still, my heart, my brain are still having fights with each other over it if it's real or not. So it's just created anxiety and all this other stuff. You know, and that's what pisses us off the most is, um, you know, there's a saying that a mother should never bury their child 
and that child is attached to that mother. And recently, we just had a, a death in the family from a young man from a, a, a bad accident. And I mean, his mom is just tore apart. And that's something that is a bond to the insides, the spirit, the soul, the energy of a mother. And, and for a failure in this administration and this leadership to not even communicate with the parents, with you, to, to even put on a fake face, but instead you want to watch your watch and fall downstairs, it, it's really, it pisses all of us off. And I know it pisses off the admin on here that is a retired vet. And I know you you have something going on at the house. I really don't want to keep you too much, but can you go into like some of the videos you said you were trying to share some of like a video on Facebook of your your the explosion or some things and, and express yourself, your First Amendment right. And Facebook is what did they ban your account? And then before you came on, we were watching the hearing and there was a mother on there that she said, you know, it's, they were telling us that my kid died from a bomb explosion, but then come to find out he had bullet holes in him. So, I mean, I don't know if you know anything of that, but can you go into how you're being censored on Facebook, Instagram, and how you want to share and show things? And one last thing I'd like to tell you is you're an admin on this group now. You are not going to be censored here. You can share whatever the hell you want. And it's an honor to have you on. And I don't want to hold you up too much because I know you have something going on at the house. Yeah, I'm sorry. I do. We have a barbecue going on and people over. Um, so people keep coming in and out of the house. So I'm sorry I keep getting distracted. I mean, I wish we would have done this at, later on in the evening my time, um, like around 8 p.m. my time, because then I wouldn't have had the distractions. But um yeah, I, like I said before, I, I, social media, Instagram and Facebook, they do keep me um, censored and shadow banned. So my posts don't really get seen anymore, stuff like that. It's, sorry, it's the little, it's my, it's pandemonium. I have a little dog and he's upstairs. So he's, he's, anytime he hears a noise, he's like, Marv. Um, sorry. Uh, no, I got two dogs myself. You're fine. Well, I have three. I have my pit bull, which is King. He's a hundred. Oh, I got two pit bulls. Wow. I have a second pit bull, Kenya. Um, she was Kareem's pit bull. She's mine now. And then I have a, a multi poo, which his name is Pandemonium. He's a little asshole, but um, he's <laughs> bonded with uh, Kareem's dog. So I have those two together. King is dog aggressive, so I keep them separate. All three live in the house, so. I have to have Kenya and pandemonium in one part of the house. And then King is always by my side. He's trained in protection and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so I, I got to switch out the dogs to let him go out to go to the bathroom. So he's barking right now. Nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll text you uh, some photos of my dogs. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, terrible. King actually honestly. saved my, my life after cream died. I, I don't really? know if I told you about that. Yeah. No, um, please share. I actually, um, it was, well, first off, I had already been in, in and out of the hospital. I think I told you about that, that two months after cream died, I ended up in the hospital, malnutrition, sepsis in my kidneys, dehydrated, and they didn't think I was going to make it. Um, I ended up pulling through. 
and um, I just couldn't get that that will to live back. And um, I had stents in my kidneys at this time too, uh, because my kidneys were in such bad shape. And um, I had went up into Kareem's room at where I was going to take my life. And King was never allowed in Kareem's bedroom. Kareem only allowed his dog in his room, not my dog. Um, and King, you could leave Kareem's bedroom door open and King would not go in it. He knew he absolutely was not allowed. And if he seen me sitting in there, I'd sit in there with the door open. He would not come in there. But on this day um, that I was going to end my life, um, King came into that room and he would not leave. And he would lick me and he would whine and he would do a little bark at me. And it just somehow kind of slowly snapped me out of it. And then I got upset with myself because I thought, how could I allow myself to get into such a dark place that I would even think about doing that? And then I thought of my living kids and I thought, how could I do that to them? They've already been through so much. How could I do that to my grandkids? So it just kind of snapped me out of it. And um, I've been good since. <laughs> like, I, I don't well, that's... think about that. That's awesome. And I tell you, you know, there's a lot of people that are feared of pit bulls, but um, they're great dogs. And I get my dogs as puppies and put them through six months of training and then another six months. And my neighbors, she's a professional trainer and socialize them with all the neighborhood dogs. And it's what's really crazy about a pit bull. And, and you know this and you're going to know this once I say this you know what they're thinking when they want water or if they want food or if they want Outside. to go under the blanket they look at you and they it's tele they they communicate it's so crazy yeah with king he actually feeds off my energy so if you come over to my house right he, like he had two years of training um in protect he trained at a police canine facility with police officers and the police dogs and with me. So he's very well trained. If you come to my house and I open the door, I'm like, oh, hey, hi, come in. King is your best friend. He's wagging his tail. He's like, hey, buddy, come on in. But if I open the door and I'm like, <gasps> then King immediately alerts, gets in front of me. Um, he puts his back end in between my legs and he stands in front of me. He's between me and the intruder and he won't let him get anywhere near me. If you come into my house and you are being cool, but then you start raising your voice and you're looking at me, King is on you. Like he is amazing. Like I just absolutely love my dog. Um, Kareem's dog, his pit bull, she didn't do any type of training. She's just the sweetest love bug ever. She just loves everybody, wants everybody as her friend. Um, she's amazing and and I want to keep her alive for as long as I can because he absolutely loved his dog. He would buy her bandanas, treats, take her hiking, like while he was deployed, he would call to check on his dogs. He had two at that time, Atlas and Kenya. Atlas actually got bit by a rattlesnake two weeks after Cream deployed, and he he died. He had to be put down. So we only had Kenya left, but he'd still call and check on Kenya and make sure she was doing good. Wow, that's cool. Before yeah. we go into Q&A, um, can I ask you, has uh, – our commander-in-chief, Donald Trump, has he reached out to you or anything? He did call me. I did talk to him on the phone. Um, it was after Cream died. You have to understand, I know that it seems like I'm political because I'm always talking about, but I'm not. Um, I just want what's best for our country, so I'm going to talk about what's best, I think, is best for mm -hmm. our country. 
but he did call me and he acted how a president's supposed to act when somebody has lost a, a child while they were serving. He, <clears throat> sorry, thanked me for my son's service, told me he was sorry for my loss. Then he described what my son looked like. He said, I'm looking at a picture of your son right now. He's a beautiful boy. He talked about Kareem's uh, jiu-jitsu. Just, he knew so much about him. And I don't know if he looked at it himself or if somebody who works for him looks it up and gave it to him, but still, he's talking about it. He talked about my son and that was it. Just, he only talked about my son for 45 minutes that I was on the phone to him. We talked about my son. Um, and it was nice. He didn't talk about politics or anything like that. He just talked about my son and <clears throat> sorry, my throat is dry. It was very nice to where, like I said, when I met face to face with Biden, he didn't want to hear about my son, didn't thank me for his service, didn't tell me he was sorry for my loss. He was rude, you know, and it's weird because in person, he's the same way on camera as he is in person. Like, um, if I didn't know who he was and I was just to meet this guy somewhere, I would think he was somebody that had dementia because he doesn't speak coherent sentences or full sentences. It, it, it was very weird. Like even when he was trying to say, um, I just want you to know how I feel. He was like, I, I, um, I, I just, you know, I, I just want you to know how uh, I know how you feel. Like he, it came out like that. And I was like, thinking, what the hell? And, but it still set me off. I was like, don't tell me, you know, how I feel. Um, and I wasn't being rude. I'm just, I'm looking at the guy who feels responsible for my son's death and not just him. It's the people who work under him for him, that administration. Um, I mean, sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I feel bad for Biden. I, I, and just hear me out. Yeah, it's I feel elder bad abuse. For him. Yes, exactly. I feel like this guy, he has no clue what's going on around him. He's just doing what he's told. And then they give him a pat on the back and he's like, yeah, you know, he thinks he's done something good. And that is elder abuse, but nobody's doing anything about it. So part of me does feel bad for Biden that he's being used this way. I mean, part of me is like, oh, it's Obama running the show because everything Biden has done in this administration is what Biden wanted to do or Obama wanted to do when he was president and Biden was his vice president. Um, and now here you have Biden as president and Obama wasn't successful in doing any of the stuff he wanted to do during his presidency. But now during Biden's presidency, somehow everything Obama wanted to do is happening. So, I mean, stuff like that. I think about stuff like that. And I think maybe I'm just crazy or maybe I'm just reading into things too much. No, I don't think you're crazy. And uh, at the end of the day, like I would love to connect. With, I, I love connecting with people that are, Democrat citizens. Um, I have cousins that, are, that were hardcore Democrats and they're opening their eyes and they're calling me up for advice and they're like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, so the most important thing, like you said, is it's not about being political. It's about pointing out what's good, what's evil. And it's not hard for them to see that. But when you bring it to a political uh, debate or whatnot, they're going to get triggered and then we're not going to have unity. So I'm, I'm exactly. 100% on board with you on that. Yeah. I, I was trying to explain that to um, somebody the other day. I was saying, you know, I know this administration, they were all about, Oh, we want unity. We want peace. No, they didn't want any of that. They purposely have done everything they can to divide us. They, 
started with uh, racism, um, dividing by race and dividing by gender, dividing by uh, who um, wears a mask, who doesn't. Then it was who got the vaccine and who didn't. Like this administration literally wanted to blame the unvaxxed for vaxxed people dying from COVID. Um, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> right. You know, they're vaxxed. You told them if they got the vaccine that they would be safe. So why are you blaming us for something you lied about? But so, and now they're doing that again. So it just keeps this division going. So when you do try to talk to a liberal or a Democrat, like I'm somebody who's like, hey, I like to hear both sides of the story. Let's talk about it and we'll see what we do. There's got to be at least one thing we agree on. You know what I mean? Let's see what we agree on and let's talk about that. And then we'll go from there. But no, if you don't agree with everything that they say, they explode. They lose it. They start with insults, name calling, putting you down. You know, weirdly, uh, what is it? I, I've been called a snowflake and a sheeple. And I'm like, that's so weird because that's what we refer to you as, you know? Right. You know, it's crazy, though. It's like with the Democrat Party, I can see why most women... Uh, when they're young, they, they kind of lean that side because that party, you know, shows compassion. They love the poor. They love the, you know, the less unfortunate. So it's easy for a mother or a woman to gravitate to it. But what has screwed them up is when they start coming for their kids is awakened many liberal mothers that have went to the conservative side they don't want their kids to be pushed this transgender shit. They yeah. go to school board meetings and they're being called terrorists. They're being investigated by law enforcement. I live and by right next to one of the cities that's happening. And I live in Lake Elsinore and Temecula school district is literally like 15 minutes from me. And that's happening at their school right now. You know, I believe it. And, and at the end of the day, that's how evil Evil is getting so evil, it's backfiring on them, and it's awakening those type of parents. Not evil them, nowadays is considered good. <laughs> hold on. Uh, um, okay, I don't want to hold you. I mean, we can talk on forever. I mean, you're I so you're so God. awesome. No, you're good. Um, you're so awesome. But I do know there's probably some members on here that do want to speak with you, and and a uh, definitely an admin here. Uh, do you have a little bit of time for Q&A? Yeah. Awesome. With that, we will now go into Q&A. Anyone that would like to speak with our awesome guest, if you press that middle button, I can see your hand being raised and I can call on you in order. And I will tell you right now, I know Wanda, I know you want to speak with her, so we'll, we'll go with Wanda, our retired vet admin. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Um, I don't really have any questions. I just want to tell you that my heart goes out to you um, being a veteran and um, having a husband that's a veteran um, that um, served overseas and um, <clears throat> that has a lot of um, issues and stuff, 100% um, disabled, PTSD. Um, my heart just goes out to you, sweetie. And um, oh, anything that I can do for you, I want you to know that I'm here and that I would help you in any way that I can. Thank much love so to much. you. Thank you for your service. 
right, if anybody would like to speak with our special guests, if you press that little button, we can speak on you, or it looks like they might get you off easy. All right, do we, oh, there we go. We got Hammer Girl. Hammer Girl, you're up. I just want to say, I just want to say thank you to you and thank you to your son for his service. I don't have any questions for you, but thank you for sharing your story and his story. And, you know, again, thank you for his service. Oh, thank you so much. Is there any other admins that would like to say something to our special guests or we can let her cut? I'll oh, say there something. You go, Kelly. Um, we appreciate your son serving our country, but I do want to ask, um, do you have a connection with the parent? Other parents are going through this. I've been watching a few interviews. I mean, just to help you guys get through this, do you keep in contact or did you make friends through this? I, um, I actually, so in the beginning when all this happened, um, I spoke out a lot and I, I was very, I didn't have a filter. Um, I spoke what exactly on my mind and some of the female parents, the other women parents didn't like that about me. So um, I'm one of those people. I don't put myself in a situation where I'm uncomfortable. So no, I don't go around the other families or talk to them. I talked to a couple um, of the dads, but other than that, I don't have anything to do with the rest of the families. Right on. You got to do what feels right in your heart and be true to yourself. Thank you for coming on our show tonight. Oh, thank you so much. All right. With that, uh, oops. Go ahead, Val. Sorry about that. No, no problem. I'd just like to say that I'm so very sorry for the loss of your two sons and I thank you and really appreciate you being here. And a lot of us don't have filters too. <laughs> I'm one of them. One is another one. And, and truly, if there's anything that any of us can do, we want to do it, you know, and we want to get the word out more. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. If we don't have nobody else, I'm not going to hold up this yeah. wonderful guest. All right. For the win. Go ahead, sir. I I caught the tail end of everything, and I wanted to say thank you for coming on the channel. I appreciate it, Shana, and the rest of us do as well, too, tonight. So thank you, and I appreciate everything your son did for our country. So, again, thank you. And, you know, it's little things like this. We may have 25 people or so on right now, but more people will definitely hear it and more people are looking at the story now more and more and more. So again, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I do have an off the wall question though, and I'm dying to ask though, if I may. Okay. How, who, who named the dog Kenya and how did the dog, what's the story behind that? I'm just dying to know. Okay, so the way she got the name Kenya is um, there's actually a breeder. I had a pit bull named Komodo, um, and I had got him from this breeder, and he he had ended up getting cancer by the time he was four, and he had to be euthanized. So they wanted to replace her for me, replace him for me for free, 
so um they gave me kenya um and i i don't really care for female dogs so right away kareem took her and the way she got her name kenya was um all of our dogs always start with k's like chaos and like all of them start with k's so except for pandemonium and that's how she ended up with the name kenya we were sitting there throwing out names like kenzie and stuff like that and kenya just kind of stuck for some reason and that's how she got her name kenya like her papered name is kenya king's queen or something like that i forgot what her papered name is that's a fun interesting story that's cool thank you thank you and thank you uh for joining us like i said it's definitely an honor it's a pleasure this platform is not your platform whatever you want to share if you want to share those ugly individuals that are um inboxing you very ugly things um share it on this wall no, please i kind of handle them myself like there's nights where i'm bored i'm not gonna lie um there's nights where i'm bored and i'll entertain it because um, I, like I said, I raised five kids and it's not like we never roasted each other because we did for fun. Um, I didn't have weak ass kids that could handle anything you said. And, and they made me be not weak at all because they would roast the heck out of me. I'm their mom. Um, and so sometimes like that Ryan Sheep guy, um, I have fun with him. Like I, I, I roast him <laughs> and I laugh because of how mad he gets and the things he ends up saying. So I can tell that I've hit a nerve with them and I just have fun with it. And then there's days like today, I was just like, no, I don't want to deal with you. So I just ignore him, but um, he's, he, I, ha I, I can handle him. I can pretty much handle him. And if I get too tired of him, I can block him, which I normally don't block people because I figure, you know, it's their freedom of speech. They can say what they want. They can block me, but I, I normally don't block them. There's only one guy that I do block, but he just keeps making, um, new profiles and that's because he says very horrible things about my son Kareem like and my son Dakota like horrible things that do kind of trigger me like uh, so I, I do block that guy repeatedly but he just makes new accounts to harass me yeah these shows are very pathetic uh, this group is definitely over the target for me matter of fact that Ryan Sheet guy I had just recently made a post and I was talking about how I'm the only one that has seen Cream's autopsy photos, um, which uh, like when people are like, oh, you've seen his photos? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it took forever to get them online. Like it, it came on a disc, it, there was codes, everything just to be able to see them. But um, I did at, when it was approaching the one year mark, um, since I was in shock from losing my son Dakota, I did end up looking at Cream's autopsy photos. And I was surprised because you hear, oh, you're, you're, there was an explosion. You think of your child being blown up and it wasn't like that. Cream's completely intact and he, he's just looks beautiful. Um, he just, he was just messed up with like ball bearings. And, um, but I had looked at the, the photos to look for uh, bullet wounds and um, not sure like it, if there was one or not, I just kind of, but that anyways, I had made a post about looking at his autopsy photos and that Ryan Sheet guy had something to say about that. And I'm thinking, why do you have to say anything about that? Like, this is my son. I looked at his photos for a reason. Why would you say anything about that? But um, 
cream did look he looked like um he wasn't blown up he it's not like how people think and that i think is is it made it a little worse i mean what what cream died from was um his uh jugular had been severed so that's what he died from he bled out wow you know one thing before you go and i promise i'm gonna let you get out of here i'm sorry for holding you up um wasn't there a threat located and didn't leadership lack to allow that threat to be uh three times wow. three times three times the sniper asked to take out that bomber three different times hours apart and was denied and they also asked to shut that gate because that they did know that the bomber was at that gate and they asked and um biden said that the gate will stay open until he says it's shut none of it makes sense you know you moved everybody from bagram over to the kabul airport and this is what really gets me like you shut two of the gates and you leave the one open that you know the bomber keeps trying to come through you leave that one open not only that you have the enemy which is the taliban doing security checkpoints what people don't seem to understand is they just think the taliban's doing security checkpoints our boys our military was surrounded by the taliban a lot of the taliban was wearing suicide vests like so that's why I, it really pisses me off when people are saying, well, you know, they were safe. No, they weren't. They could have been killed at any time. At any time, these guys thought they were going to be killed because it's, the Taliban was taunting them. It's not like they were sitting there being like, oh, we friends. No, they're taunting them. Not like that. You know, the things they seen, like knowing the things that my son seen and the type of heart my son has, it, like it, it has taken a lot for me to be able to, <clears throat> feel like even a little bit normal because every time I think about what my son went through and what he's seen and knowing the good person my son is and that heart he has, it kills me to think that's what he was seeing before he was killed. And I know that all he wanted was to come home. Like, um, so anyways, they refuse to allow the gate to be shut. They know the bomber is trying to come through that gate. They won't let it. Not only that, they took barriers that were protecting um, the military that's there, they had those taken away because they were supposedly interfering or whatever. So those are removed. So now these, none of them have protection. So now the, the bomber makes his way in there. He kills them. And now you allow the gate to be shut. Really? Like all you had to do was shut it when you knew that threat was there and you, you refused to, all you had to do is let the suicide bomber take him out and you refuse to. And then they don't talk about the gunfire. They even deny that. They, they've convinced these Marines that fired back as they were being fired upon that that's in their heads, that that didn't happen. But it did because one of them who was shot through the shoulder shot and killed the Taliban that had shot him. So, I mean, there's just so much covering up and I, it's just ridiculous to me. It didn't have to happen. It shouldn't have happened. There was no protection for them, you know? Um, the smartest thing they could have done is allow the sniper to take out the suicide bomber and shut the damn gate. That's all they had to do. And all of them would be home with their families, but now they're not. So, because they, and I hate hearing people say, well, it was Trump's plan. No, sorry. This was not Trump's plan. Trump right. did not right. make this plan. This was not his plan. I, and I, that Ryan Sheep guy keeps telling me, 
well, stop and think about it. Had they did Trump's plan, many more would have died. How stupid are you? If the suicide bomber that lined up there would have killed the same exact amount of people, there wouldn't have been more dead from that suicide bomber. He had. Yeah, but you know, the difference is Trump wouldn't have allowed that threat to remain. No, because this is the thing. That would have never happened because those people were all afraid of Trump. They knew he meant business. They knew, hey, if we did something like this, this fucker will come blow up this whole country. They knew Biden was weak. And they're like, well, we can do this. What's he going to do? He ain't going to do shit. And he didn't. I mean, he did. He, he went back and killed a whole innocent family um, trying to act like he was doing something. But he didn't do anything. He's done nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that's and, crazy. I just want to... Oops, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, and now there's 13 lives, young lives that were lost. And... and as parents, as me as a parent, I'm stuck with the aftermath of that. And it's not easy. I mean, my heart goes out to any parent now. Like, weirdly, before I ever lost a child, when I would see a mom post about she'd lost a child, I would cry anyways, because I'm sensitive to that. Because I would look at my kids and I'd be like, oh, something ever happened to one of my kids, it'd kill me. But now, because I know the way this pain feels and how it's just never ending and it's just there 24-7 and like, how exhausting it is to pretend you're okay around everyone because you literally spend every day when you have people around you acting like you're fine. And it really is exhausting. Like by the time you get away from these people, you just collapse. You're just so exhausted from pretending you were okay. Like, so now whenever I see a parent post, a mother post that she lost a child, like it hurts me because I'm thinking, gosh, this is horrible. She has to feel this pain. And I know in her head, she's thinking, give it some time and it won't be as bad. And that's wrong. It's just as bad. The only difference is now, um, I guess I, I'm learning to live with it and navigate around it, but it is always, always there. It never goes away. And it is horrible. Like I, I can't, right. it's, a, it's not a pain you can describe. Yeah. I seen my brother and my sister-in-law go through that. My nephew, unfortunately, um, lost his life as a freshman in high school and uh i i don't know how my brother and my sister-in-law got through it and and i know god was a big part of it um that was a ooh, see that gives me emotional that was a really like hard time in our life i know how i dealt with it i put up a really big metal fucking strong wall and because he was like my little brother. I was eight years old when he was born. And I'm like, wow, I'm grown. Oh, man, why haven't I grown hair in my face yet? You know, so he's like my little brother. And that void, I, I, I my sister-in-law is strong, but I can, I can see the pain still. And this is, this happened a long while ago. <coughs> so I, I totally can feel where you're coming from. It's, a lot of a lot of times you got to put on an act um like when i was on facebook because i permanently got banned right three years ago and then all of a sudden i seen trump was on facebook so i'm like you know what let me see if i can log in and i'm like holy shit wait a minute weird oh, there like, I I am. Perma permanently banned right to where like when my brother and them start like my nephew's birthday they want to share pictures and all that like i i don't go on there like i I can't do it, you know, so I totally feel you, but I feel that 
certain situations happen for us to do because we all have a mission in life and and i'm sure there's a mission that you have and i know you want to bridge the gap with unity where you got conservatives out here that just want to name call liberals and democrats and at the end of the day we have to break their programming so i'm sure god has a mission for you i know i can keep on going and going and going I don't want to hold you up. And I just want to thank you for your service and your son's service and your daughter's service, because when a loved one is in the service, the whole family serves. And um, hopefully you get some answers and some justice gets done. And I can't wait to have you on the chat again. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I'm hoping for accountability. All you can do is hope. I feel it's coming. And the more that we have interviews like this and we bring awareness I, and this video I reaches. Like, I do feel like if we get Trump back, which I don't know, they, they were able to cheat the 2020 and get away with it. So I'm pretty sure it's going to happen for 2024. But if somehow they're not able to and we get Trump back in there, then I have a good feeling we'll get accountability. And accountability be back. is is people going to prison that's accountability to me but um, well i don't i don't i don't think they're going to prison i think no i know they're go, not but that to me would be they're, but also they're going too, they're going to an island over by cuba and Amen. high treason and treason is no joke because they took an oath to serve against foreign and domestic but when you're allowing foreign actors to penetrate um that's an act of treason so I, I would actually say they're have probably going to go to that island rather than prison. Where is my tank top? I actually have a tank top that says, and I do wear it around. And the, the city I live in right now is a liberal city. And uh, like I said, you know, I've lost two kids, so I don't fear anything now. Like, I don't fear death. I don't fear gangbangers. I fear nothing. We had, me and one of the Marines were actually in a store, and a gangbanger actually lifted his shirt to show me show us his gun and i just looked at it and i laughed and looked him in the eyes because in my head i was thinking dude all you can do is shoot and kill me i'd be with my son so he kind of looked at me like i was crazy and i just kept smiling at him and he ends up walking away from us and uh, and then we get out in the car and, and the marine that was with me is like dude are you fucking crazy what's wrong with you? i was like dude, <laughs> i don't fear anything anymore like i just can't so I actually have a tank top that says the Biden administration is our domestic enemy. And I wear that proudly around town. Ooh, that's dope. I like that. Yeah. And do me a favor, because I, I know you're around the Marines all the time. Tell those guys, think. I want to personally thank them. Right now. I want to thank them for their service. Please let them know that. You want me to tell them to tell them to come in? Oh, I mean, when you go out there, just let them know. Uh, that Patriot Mike from Conservative Patriot Nation thanks them all for their service. And I, all, all the Patriots on here, I'm sure, especially Wanda, which is a retired vet, we all thank them for their service. Yeah, they were with my son when he was killed. Wow. Maybe we can bring them on with us one of these days. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll stay in touch, and I don't want to keep you. I know you got a bunch of things and, and people over at the house so i'll definitely yeah. stay in touch with you and then we'll probably figure something out and we'll bring the marines on with you one of these days okay that sounds good thank you shana you have a good night and like i said it's been an honor and a pleasure
Thank you. You have a good night too. Thank you. You're welcome. Good night. How do I do this?